Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from €100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies and open day tickets. Show your support. Visit MyStadiumSeat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters. Today I'm joined for today I'm your host Kevin Ryan and I'm joined by Paddy Stapleton for a one-on-one interview. Paddy, just going to go straight into today. I see you're a very decorated hurler. You won some north, you won some north t- titles. You know as far back as tw- 2005 when you were just a nipper. Going into Tipperary, then double All Ireland champion, Munster Senior Championship. You have six of them. You know you've picked up national leagues, Waterford Crystal Cups, all that. Of course with Bars to lead in. Probably even alongside your North titles, you have a coveted Tipperary senior title from 2019 and also the, the famous Monster Championship there. If I lined up all your medals on the mantelpiece there and you could only choose one, what one would you go for? What's the absolute highlight of your career, do you think? And maybe it's not a medal at all. No. Well, look, if we're talking about medals, it'd have to be very difficult to pick them apart, but it would be either the county or the Monster final with, with Bursley. Um, it just I don't know it's just a different completely different thing in life um, I just feel I actually feel so lucky to be part of that um, because I went a long time where we couldn't get anywhere um, and just the difference made to people's lives that I know I know them all personally you know everyone that was on the field I know them after the match um, and the togetherness then you meet them afterwards in the pub wherever it is in the shop the next day and it's just just gives people just such a lift but it's just something bringing the pride to your very very local area um and they certainly were just unbelievable days but that wouldn't put down jesus the 2010 all ireland you know that i'm lucky to be able to call on all them times like because mm. we were going I, I remember that the recession was hitting hard in ireland at the time uh, some people won't remember that and Kilkenny were going for five in a row. So there was two fairly depressing things for people outside Kilkenny, I suppose. Um, and to stop it when nobody really, like we were really, even though we would push them so hard in 09, 
Um, ten, at the end of the day, it was supposed to be um, their crowning as the best team ever, uh, whether they are or not, to other people. But, um, and, you know, bear ourselves, short temporary people, a lot of them felt we had a chance. I heard one pundit, fairness to Don Log, I heard him on the radio say he was back in tip. Like, that was huge, massive win. Like, that for me as well, I'd won very little with the club. I'd won a couple of monsters underage with Tip, which was great, but that was just such a culmination. And even getting on the Tip team for me was it's like absolutely massive. Like I, I wasn't a coveted underage hurler with Tipperary by any stretch of the imagination. I, I only you started. Talk making... is true about that. Maybe your your Tip career from you got the call by Babs in two thousand six. Yeah. I think it is. So you said you weren't yeah. coveted, but you had a monster. You had a monster minor medal all the same. Yeah. Well, look, the, the big thing is. Until minor, you wouldn't have heard of me playing for Tipperary. Um, I started off, you know, if you go back, under 14, didn't get a trial. Under 15, off the end of the panel. Under 16, was coming on. If we were out of tournament, I might get a start then. And then 17, I was on the development squad, didn't get a trial for the minors. And 18, you're playing corner and centre-back for the tip minors. So, like, I, I always bring it up to kids who mightn't be making it here, then and there, or they might be smaller or they might have developed physically or whatever it is it's, it's really about the long game and you know you need luck as well but if you stay in there stay improving like you really can make it so honest to god the year before i played minor with tip i'd say the selectors barely knew who i was um you know let and what was it like then for you know a young lad maybe 18 19 going into a setup like that that would have been babs's second year would oh no first year 2006 would it um, or, 06 was his first year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so going in, maybe your, your big personalities, Brendan Cummins, Owen Kelly would have been there, if you, you know, a nice few years older. Than yeah, older John Carroll, Lane Corcoran. It was Phil Amar, but, like the, but the whole thing for me that stage was, <clears throat> I got on that off the back of playing one challenge match for the under-21s against Watford Seniors. Um, I just, I hadn't trained for three, four months was thrown in. We were our last year under 21, so it was our first game of the year. Like we, we were fairly slaughtered by Watford, but I had to react and Paul Finn that day. And he did he actually scored a little bit, but I was fairly quick and I, I seemed to get on every ball, just every ball in that challenge match. Um or winter of five nearly uh, or winter of six. And just they called me in because I suppose they were looking for players. Babs was looking for players, things weren't going well. But look, I was called in, I was grossly unfit. Um, and I was let go fairly so I was brought in and out then for a year or two um, but it gave me the, it gave me the belief and hunger to say right next time you get in there now you're you're not letting it go and you're good enough but then I had to go to the club and say start putting in good performance for the club um, and we won in our final in 05 won in our final in 07 and I played centre back in 07 and that team and I wasn't you know I was still an experience so I, I did well on those teams and it was just by again keeping in the race, keeping my focus, making sure I was training hard, making sure that, you know, if anyone was there at the Boris Lee match, I was, you know, I was doing my stuff and I was fit and, you know, I was trying to stand out as one of the best players on the team and, you know, obviously Boris Lee winning as well was was a bonus with it. So, yeah, the way it, was a, it was a struggle. It sounds grand during the 20s, but I could have been easily gone again uh, and never seen again uh, when I was 20. So, and, and then, like, you know, I, I played with the 21s in 06, got to the All-Ireland, a puck of the ball from beating probably one of the best under-21 teams ever. And, you know, there was lots of lads brought in off that panel by Babs the year after, and I wasn't. Um, I was one of the lads not brought in. So, again, you get another kick up the backside. Um, 
but you dust yourself down and you say, right, uh, I was living in Dublin at the time and I said, right, um, I have a club. I'll be up and down and I, I don't think I barely missed a training session for Bursley that year, either on Tuesday, Friday or Sunday, drove up and down and um, just had to focus. Just, I have a serious, serious burning desire to, to do well for Boris, but massive desire to play for Tipperary. Um, and of course it coincided, you know, when I really got in properly, coincided with Liam Sheedy being brought in as tip manager. And I suppose that's the first part of the look I probably did get, you know. And that's it, I suppose. You're talking late 2007 there now. That's, I suppose, how you came to be part of one of the marquee Tipperary teams in recent years. Just wanted to talk maybe about the differences between, you know, kind of being on the edge of the Bab setup maybe and actually becoming a mainstay under Liam Sheedy and a very important cog in the wheel for the, you know, team that would ultimately win 2010. Yeah, sure. Look, Babs, as I was in there for a couple of months, uh, a few months, and looking for me, you know, when you're a young lad training, you don't know is a good training, bad training. And I think if you're if you are looking into it too much as a young lad, I think if you're heading the wrong space, you should be trying to improve yourself first and foremost. You're just selfish, is it? You just want to. Yeah, be well, I, I don't think well, so. I think you don't know. Like you actually don't yeah. have a clue what good training is when you're 19 or 20. I think maybe they, they know more now, but I didn't back then. Personally, I had a clue. Uh, but you know, I felt like nearly a supporter at times when I was that age. But when I got back in properly again, um, then I felt like I was ready to go. Um, but it was such a it was such a different life for me because I was I was when I really got in there properly as twenty one age twenty two and I had I was a grown adult now I had my weekends I had my routines I like to go out and socialize all this and then when you're Brian and Liam it was still good fun but it was dogging and training and everything had to be right you had to have the right gear for training uh, really professional setup diet was right get your injuries sorted be there an hour before training. That was just completely alien to me. Yeah, and I suppose alien to most lads at the time as well, because you're talking, you know, maybe just after the Celtic Tiger year, maybe lads are more okay with that kind of setup. They're getting your stretching all done. But like, it struck me, I read an article with by Liam Sheedy there, who was discussing the, the All-Ireland final, and he said like he missed out on getting Pat Short in 2009, you know, for a bit of comic relief. And he made sure he went got back and got him in 2010. And it was such a fine attention to detail. Just talk us through, I suppose, that day in 2010, what you what you remember for it was, you know, I suppose, what, was there a feeling in the camp, you know, this is today is the day, like everything trying to perform or? Uh, do you know what? I think there was a feeling that whatever happened, like Kilkenny would have to be just un, an unbelievable outfit on the day to beat us. Like I, I, I'm, I honestly could say you never know if you're going to win a match, but the energy inside the hotel that day, you know, it's speaking, you know, you get the video montage. Like, there's just an energy that you feel it crawling off your skin. Um, as we went to the bus that day, you know, you just knew they, they just there was going to be so much desire from one to fifteen. And to me, motivation is infinite. You know, if you say, "Geez, you couldn't be more upward." There's always another level. One player gets a percent or a half. There's always some edge that you can add to it. And that day was that's the way it felt to me. Um, that. Kenny had to come with something absolutely special, like you know. And to be fair, like after winning four All Irelands, you they can't have the hunger that we have. They couldn't because most of us had never won an All Ireland. Like Cummins, Lair, Owen hadn't won one in in eight or nine, nine years, um. So they couldn't. And our game plan was nearly at its peak. Our players, you know, with such a great mix of age, desire. And we could run with, that was another huge thing. That team was able to run with Kilkenny. 
And even though they were probably a bit bigger than us, um, we were physically able from and back down to Keane O'Neill as well at the time, who was revolutionary the way he he taught us and 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 obviously the fitness element as well, but taught us a lot as well where they're tackling and everything else. Um, it just seemed to come to a pinnacle that day. And just I suppose we ran them down. Um, they looked tired by the end of that match, and you know I think we were just coming coming right, and we just were able to run them down that day. And of course things go your way. Then when you're able to work that hard, things went our way, and I think they did in the end. You see that climbing the mountain, I suppose, in 2010, getting to the peak. We saw it maybe a couple of years later with Galloway. Maybe the team or people said the tip were going to dominate after 2010. We all know it didn't happen. They said it about Galloway in 2017. Even this great Limerick team didn't didn't follow up their initial All-Ireland kind of success by, by um, defending it. What what do you think, I suppose, having been in the setup then in 2011, what were, were there any differences you noticed, or why why do you think maybe the latter half of your Tipperary career you never really got back there to, to those heights, like as a, as a team, or maybe didn't achieve um, what you could? I think I could nearly go through year by year. But I think you know, in terms of eleven, you're after Far a away, young team. Well, yeah, but eleven, you had a young team, and they'd won in All Ireland. Lots of them, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. After beating maybe the best team ever. So that's the sort of thing that's mentally hard to deal with. And then you have a changeover of the guy that brought you there. Uh, so if Declan came in as, as manager, and Declan is one of the greatest temporary men ever, but it was a completely change around. And Liam Sheedy had three years of what is a performance for this team. And then Liam would have had his work cut out the year after, after you know the highs of what we went through. And of course, for I think for... Uh, management group that came in it was extra hard so to me that was really really difficult and probably the All-Ireland final performance is maybe one of the most dis- disappointing days of my life just in terms of not giving yourself a chance but, but even that year we played the Munster final against Waterford and you know they'd even say there was you know there was no opposition that day and you come out and you hammer them and <laughs> if you're already if you're not on guard already after the previous year, now we're after walking to a monster final. Yeah, this is easy. Seven goals, wasn't it? Or? This is it. Brendan is missing as well. And mm. you're wondering, you know, he was probably if, maybe the best player of the year before. Like, so there's so many mitigating factors in this. Like, and you know, excuses, whatever you want to call them. But there, there was a lot of stuff to unpack there and why performance levels probably weren't up to. And, you know, and if you just draw back on the players, probably n- not as hungry as the year before. That's, again, I, I don't care what anyone says. Unless... You know, if you've just won something, it's very hard to be as hungry. That's why I think this Limerick team is great. They're a good bit ahead of everyone. And if I don't care what anyone says, they're not as motivated as other teams, but they're just physically better. They're physically able to run people down. And so they're very difficult to play against. So uh, I think they're that much better than people over the last few years, even though it's maybe coming a bit closer now. Um, then the other years, like, 12 was another year where I think it was, you know, the demise of, of what was happening with that setup. Uh, 13, like, Eamon's first year as a manager went down to Nolan Park, could have turned them over that year um, very easily. Lara gets taken, gets injured after yeah. a few minutes. Given Lots there, 2014 All-Ireland final, one of the best finals yeah, ever. Yeah. Easily could have won that match in the second match, bad 10 minutes into the second half. And we kind of were doing chase, chasing then at that stage. We had lots of chances in both matches to win it. Um, 15, I think Galway were a physical team. Uh, struggled a bit against them. And then 16, got back to the All-Ireland again. And that was like, you know, if you go year by year, 
every team has their excuses, if you want to call them excuses, no problem. But um, yeah, I think a little bit unlucky, probably against very good teams. I'm not sure this Kilkenny team, sorry, this Limerick team has played teams as quality as we've played. And maybe getting, yeah, at, at the same point in the journey. Just, to, I suppose, just to talk a bit more about 2016 before we finish on the on the county career kind of segment, is how would you rate that All-Ireland success? Like, I'm not going to ask you to pick a combined 15 or anything like that, but just, like, a few reflections on how, you know, your role, I suppose, in 2016 had changed maybe from, you know, a starter to a panel player. And, like, you know, how these, did you still get the same buzz off that? Uh, no, you wouldn't. Jeez, you wouldn't. <clears throat> I was very proud of... Um, being in the group and helping the group whatever way I could like and I think that was a good thing to be but uh, look in 15 I was riddled with injuries in 15 my two hips were I didn't know at the time nobody knew at the time um, I had impingements in both hips so my grinds kept going my back was going everything was bloody going um, even though I came in the other hand semi-final in, in 15 as a blood sub but I got I got it wasn't diagnosed I suppose soon enough and it was nearly December when I got an operation on it and I got two hip clean outs. So, you know, I really would have loved if I had gotten maybe three months earlier. So by the time I came back, it was to running. So I was 12 weeks out. Um, by the time I came back and I was like, you know, my legs were like knitting needles because you're in the pool. Um, it was maybe March or April or something like that where league games have been played, panels have been formed. So I came back and I pulled my hamstring twice. So there was another month out. So really, like, I had very, very little chance in that year um, to contribute what I wanted to. And that's the end for a lot of players, though, isn't it, Paddy? Because you don't yeah. always get to pick. You obviously got to pick to go out with an All-Ireland medal. But, you know, you could be... You see players, TJ Reid probably did an honourable exception who just seems to be timeless. But, um, you know, they don't always get to choose their ending and they kind of peter out rather than kind of go out on a high, maybe lifting the trophy. Yeah, look, and it was a nice year to finish up with me. And you know what? I I look at it recently, and you know, and in a lot of ways, I would love to have stayed on with Tip because I, I felt the operation was what I probably needed for a couple of years. And as you know, and I felt with Bursley afterwards, I pace wise and all that, the county guys weren't getting away from me if you get me. So, but I do feel all in all like I left Tip that year, and I was able to start a new journey with Bursley afterwards for the next four or five years where if I was stay going with tip stay going with tip then like are you coming back you know a busted flush like are you coming back and you're kind of just laying around the team uh, you're not able to give really high performances and I was you know in the end my proudest moments really you know are probably with Bursley after is that something you're aware aware of? Because I suppose when you go to any club match in Tipperary as you'd expect the first lads that are picked out if they are on the field are the county players or the former county player. So you seem like you're you're happy now that you've kind of given a few good years to the club, as they'd say. And obviously you you the monster the monster title would be kind of full recognition yeah. of that. Um like I do I look to like my my sole thing was like um that Boris weren't going very well at the time. And because we had three lads in with tip and it's... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Probably a good few and we're quite a young panel. And I just saw it as a massive opportunity um, to go like a project, you know, and I do like a project. We'll see with the books and everything else. I just saw it as an opportunity to go there. Go there, go there and make, make a difference and try and improve our culture a little bit, improve our training, improve our attitude to what's going on and that anybody could win you know club hurling you get you get your nuts and bolts right you have a little bit of talent which we had you know we had a little bit of talent we knew a little bit more was coming so yeah we, we can do something here and I really felt we had such a higher ceiling than where we were going and you know it proved right we got great management set up the same year I came back again another lucky break for me management wise and we were able to just grab it and maybe push the setup, and to me that was my sole thing. Um, I wanted to catch that and push it as far as I could. I'm just sorry that um, in the last two or three years during lockdown, I, I probably pushed my body too hard to after the All Ireland to get even fitter, and I hurt my calf, and that probably mightn't even still be right now. But for a year, it wasn't one bit right, and so for the last two or three years since the All Ireland, I've found it really, really difficult. Um, but I don't think it can be too greedy, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Hi, you've another good 10 years left in you yet, I think. You said that there that you like a project. And I suppose it's not the typical project that you went for maybe a post a post-retired inter inter-county player, but like a very interesting one on this. So by trade, I suppose you're an English and PE teacher. So you always yeah. like, obviously had a a grow for the I suppose writing a bit or but uh and I suppose maybe a, a bit like that. But but are you right in saying now you, this is your third uh, or your second and your third children's book that you've published yeah yeah that's it um i kind of yeah i i always liked english and even to be honest movies the element of literacy in movies and what goes with that um and reading and uh but i was never actually like the biggest of writers like you know i found it nice when i was doing it for work and school and work and everything but um in fairness my brother asked me to do uh, an article or two when uh, I finished up a tip. He was working at AIB at the time, and they were my first articles. And I really enjoyed writing them, like really enjoyed it. And then um, the guardian Shane Brophy in the guardian asked me to maybe come on board for a season or two. And I was writing about after every tip match or preview tip matches. Again, I just find it's just I don't know something about it that's mm -hmm. different. I like having time to think and then time to edit and time to perfect it uh, to my perfect version of perfection anyway. So, so Paddy, just to pivot the children's books, I suppose, then from being able to be, be read or doing a bit of writing in your post-Tipperary playing days, how did that come about? I just said they're very well-illustrated books and it shows that there is a bit of a love involved in making them. Yeah. Um, so just when I was younger, uh, obviously struggled with school myself and my mother started buying me sports magazines and soccer magazines so that was where I came from first and that improved my English so 
then um, <clears throat> got a bit of experience writing articles myself, uh, sports articles, and just I had the thought, really, um, that it would be something interesting I could do, and that there wasn't too many GA ones around the place, and certainly not that that club field I wanted to purvey. And then, like, it's grand that it's about GA, but also just about Irish kids. Um, and about the resilience, you know, because I would see in school there was an awful lot of kids who were suffering lots of anxiety issues, uh, self doubt, um, confidence. I thought, you know, it might be nice to write something. And the the initial thought of up in the air was Fitzy, a character who, you know, was really interested, so so interested, loved sport, but that he had a lot of doubts, a lot of crippling doubts, and that other people were better than him, and that he had the skill, but he was working really hard to get through that, and that there was always a better superstar than him. And there was players that weren't trying as hard as him and they were succeeding more than him. So that was a, a big kind of idea around, you know, the, the team that I was thinking about. Um, and then just, you know, I I felt like it's something I could do. I don't know how I felt it. And some people reading it might not think that. But I just felt it was something that I could achieve. Um, and as I said, I liked writing already, but it was a huge journey then. You know, it was... Um, it was a huge self-doubt for myself because every time you sit down to spend two or three hours at the laptop, you're saying, is this all time wasted? And could I be doing something better with my time? But to be honest, I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the process. I was learning loads. Um, and just when I Had got to the end mind, of it then... You said, Paddy, you like a project. Had you in mind before you actually went to write up in the air, yes, I want to get this published. I want this on shelves all across the country. Or were you just happy to actually do something that was maybe meant a bit personally to you? No, I, my my goal was, I think that all feels good as you go on your journey. But my ultimate goal was, this is going to be sold. Like, this is going to be in shops. This is going to be online. I'd have my own website. Um, that, I never had a... Paddy Stapleton.ie to get the plug in there. Yeah, there we go. All, all three um, books are available on that. Yeah. Um, and, that, that, like, and that was it. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't envisage going to a publisher uh, as I was writing. And I said, I don't know. Is a publisher going to be, you know, because I, I go like not in depth, but it's very much rural centric um, things that might happen in your little village centric. And just didn't know if it was a, appealing and it was very dialect centric as well. That's how I like writing is the conversations between people, not necessarily describing every nook and cranny, because that's the way I like to read stuff is kind of the conversations between people and how that moves the story on. So I didn't know would publishers be into that. So I just stayed away from it. Um, and I said to myself, like, during lockdown, I, I'm, I'd be a very good lad with money, really, a lot of the time. And I said, look, if I really want to do this, I, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, spare up my own money. I'll, I'll make my own money. And then I'll push it out myself. And I, I knew one thing that a lot of writers wouldn't have would be access to the media. Um, and fortunately, like I never did during my career, didn't do many interviews. But since leaving... Um, the tip panel I've done you know lots of interviews and I've got to know lots of journalists and you know they've done me favors I've done them favors in terms of last minute interviews or you know when, when I'm if I'm needed I'll, I'll, I'll you know I'll make myself available so I knew that I had that as well um, and so I had access to more PR so possibility of me needing a publisher wasn't as high as other people so just like to go on my own journey I'm maybe a bit of a dictator like that, that I want to do it my way and like the, what what would kill me now is if I had a publisher or a, some sort of advisor, and they told me change central parts of it, and I changed them. 
and you know people didn't enjoy it and I, I'd kill myself over that then whereas if it was all my decisions and people didn't like it I could actually live with that I could say fine they just didn't like your idea but if, if it was watered down by somebody else and it was to the detriment of the book that would just destroy me then yeah, and then Muckfest and My First Hurley then, which I suppose the two new books out for out this Christmas. And again, well worth great stocking filler, you'd say there. Do, do, is, do you think that's your scratch itch now in, in that regard, or is there more books to come? Well, <laughs> there's always ideas, uh, Kevin. I am the sort of person, like, I don't do stillness, if you get me, I should. Uh, you know, mindfulness, all that stuff. I'm, I'm not good at it. Um, <clears throat> I said I struggled in school, but I think it's because I have a very, very active mind, too much of an active mind. And like, I'd be thinking about ideas every day. Like I, I probably have really, I probably, for a long form book, like what Muckfest is and what the original is, like, I probably have two or three more ideas. Not that I, I might go through it, I might not. And for younger kids books, I probably have three or four other ideas as well. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know, we'll see, we'll see how it is. Like, we'll see how life goes, you know what I mean? Um, and like the first one did very, very well. We'll see how the second one does. If there's a hunger for it, if I feel enthusiastic about it, if I want to go through the journey, because it is a grind, especially when I'm writing, then I find the publishers, then I find the artists, the whole thing. It is a grind. But look, as I said, I do enjoy a grind. And like at the end of it, you get great satisfaction when you see how much people enjoy it. You said you're, you're a bit of a dictator. I think that's invented a good way now. I suppose you're playing away with Barcelona at the moment. What the, I suppose in a GA thing, can you ever see yourself going into management? Is that one thing? Would you like to get involved in underage setup? Maybe you're not quite taught about that yet. Or where do you see yourself well, going kind of medium term? Well, look at, at presently, um, I've trained Barcelona under 13s uh, last year. And this current year, I trained the under 50s. And I really, really enjoy that. Um, it's more like what I'm used to, an element of teaching like school. So P teaching, P coaching, um, and even in the classroom, like it's 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 really small little layers trying to give them the new skills, help them build their skills uh, as an overall player. And at the minute, I see that as a big body of work in Bursley. If and I think obviously any any club would see it underage coaching, um, and I get a huge sense of satisfaction from doing that. And life to me is about taking on, as I said, little projects. And again, this is a little project for me. Um, and I hope to at least be involved doing that for the next couple of years. I'm not sure about, um, I definitely wouldn't never say never. Uh, I'm very young in terms of coaching, but I just see people that go into clubs, uh, certainly other clubs, and just say somebody hired me, I'm, you know, master of everything. So like I come in and manager, I come in backs coach, forwards coach, SNC, um, uh, you could do logistics. You're probably involved in the stats. I just see that that's an absolute time vacuum. And I, you know, as I said, it took a lot for me to make any tip panels. Uh, I wasn't hugely talented. So I had to spend a lot of time <clears throat> thinking about how do I be a better player? How do I mark this person? How do I make a difference in this setup? How do I be a better leader? And, you know, that's a lot of my life. I was doing that, as I said. 03 is when I was playing minor and when I started playing for Barsley. So that's nearly, you know, that's, that's about 20 seasons of it. And I don't know, the hunger right now isn't for going in and taking another team and trying to drag the attitude, drag everything. And, and that'd be the big thing for me going into a place. And, you know, attitude is my best 
um, ability as a player, uh, not in physical, but attitude was. And, you know, I suppose I, I think maybe I'd find it easier underage to instill the attitude and still a training attitude um, and get satisfaction at the moment. Now, never say never. Um, if you're with the right people, the right club, you would think about it. But right now, it's just not something... I just wouldn't see myself as being overly happy doing it. You know, and three times a week, going away there, uh, you're gone for the evening or you're gone for the Sunday. And all the ringing players, ringing fellow management, club members in between. I just think, I actually think it's such a huge job of work. Um, and, and you know what? Most clubs now are splitting it. There's a manager, coach, uh, an S&C. So we'll see in the future. But yeah, at the minute, it's it actually, just... It's actually funny. I was talking to a former inter-county manager there and he said, it's actually a full-time job there now. You know, the mm. profile of it, this is, you know, not a high-profile county. But when he said it out there, the club game is going the same way. Yep. Uh, they're just taking little bits from the county uh, set up and bringing them back with them and they're seeing what's manageable. And But then every year they're learning it. So eventually you, you get to that level. And, you know, when I start to tip, club level now wouldn't be far off. To, probably there's more S&C now, more gym work now than there was when I started to tip, I'd say. Um, and that's just the way it's going. And stuff like that, I don't think is too much of a problem. It's, it's very healthy, but just so much communication in between. Like if you're that manager, if you're that one person that's supposed to be over everything, I think it's just your head would be, you know, absolutely fried. And then you have people who are obsessed and they want to do it well. This is okay for people who like to turn up to the training and same drills over and over and get a team out to the pitch. But modern age, anyone taking a team is probably takes it so, so serious. So don't worry, I have a couple of friends involved with teams and at the minute it doesn't look overly attractive. That's enough. Just before we finish up, Paddy, um, you, you mentioned, I suppose, Limerick are probably at their peak now, or we all hope they're at their peak, certainly, I suppose, for all the other competing counties. There doesn't appear to be a Tipperary 2008-2009 on the horizon, a ready-made challenger, you know, Cork have kind of come and go. Kilkenny, you know, got close maybe in an All-Ireland final, but, you know, Brian Cody, after departed now, you'd wonder what that'll do to him. What, what are your expectations, I suppose, for a year ahead, maybe, particularly looking at Tip? Would you would you be kind of confident maybe that there'd be a nice bit of improvement or do you think we've got a few years to go yet? No, I think there could be improvement. Um, I really do think there could be improvement. I think there's there's the six or seven very, very good players. I think um, game plan-wise, you have two guys coming into the setup. Uh, or, sorry, um, Liam Cal and Mikey Beavens, if you're talking about the two head honchos, they know what way they like Harlem played. They played with the 20s and they played with Walter Seniors, fairly similar stuff, hard running, smart movement, uh, empty out inside, leave a couple in there, ball to man the right position. Um, and you'd hope that, you know, and each team they have seems to be quite fit, you know, have a lot of endurance. Now look, things didn't end well with Walter, but I think they'll be able to get a kick out of the lads. They know them already, they know their strengths, weaknesses. I think the players know what they'll get with the management. Um, and the years will be to the ground I'm sure with the management in terms of how players are doing um, I think the fitness will be much improved if uh, Angelo Walsh gone in there this year I know him for years Angelo's from my own club played with him and when he coached us you could say we were definitely one of the fittest teams in Ireland um, club level if you watched the Munster final that a lot of a lot of teams would say we were lucky to win that Munster final if you looked at that last 10 minutes of the Munster final there was really only one team in it 
uh, and we ran down that Valley Gunner team. And we were no freaks, as we've seen since, you know, we haven't performed brilliantly. So we're no freaks. So I think they have a very good setup in there. They have some core players who haven't probably been playing at potential, but really can. And the only downside is the, you know, the missing the missing players from last year. Obviously, Dylan Cork, that's very, very tragic. Uh, but, you know, Barry Heffern hopefully will come back. Craig Morgan, again, another cruciate. You'd hope they come back. But it might be mid-championship. And as I said already, it's difficult to come back mid-championship. But um, I would hope that there's there's players there that can put their hand up you know, and play that. To get that little bit more out next year. And if you look at it, look at Limerick, bet a Kilkenny team that barely bet a Kilkenny team that to me, you know, aren't absolutely fantastic. Galway team are good, but again, not out of this world. And they went to extra time with Clare, who I think are very good, but burned themselves out. Um, but, you know, not world beaters either. So I think if we get our house in order, we should be up with most of the teams. But it's all to be seen, really, isn't it? You know, the way you're describing it there now, it's kind of wetting the appetite a bit after, you know, for another round mm-hmm. round robin, I think, in Munster. You know, there, there's definitely no hiding place. So hopefully, you know, for 23 and beyond, there's brighter things in prospect for maybe Barcelona and, and Tipperary. Paddy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, PaddyStapleton.ie, ideal Christmas present, I think, the three books, that's probably your best bet. Any, any yeah. bookshops locally that they're in? They're in they're in Tipperary now, obviously the Premier View. So they are in Tipperary in nearly all you know good bookshops from Nina down to um, down to Clamel. Uh, you should be able to find them. Uh, certainly, if you go onto my social media pages, you'll def- our website, you'll definitely be able to find them. Lovely stuff, and I really recommend them there as well. Good stories and very well illustrated as well. So Paddy, fair play. Can't wait to see what your next project is. Uh, we'll all be waiting with bated breath. Uh, thanks a minute. Cheers, Kevin.